All right. Can I go to wireless now, Ken? Yeah? Good? All right. Go wireless. Welcome on back. Grab that snack, it looks amazing. Get your caffeine fix. You guys are funny because you did all your talking at first. Now you're getting your coffee. Now you're getting your snacks. So how are we going to do that? we got to get an order here. We need a liturgy of coffee break, right? <laughs> oh, it's all good. The spirituality of snacking. <clears throat> So the question can be, uh, why are you doing this as part of the sermon time? This is kind of the congregational annual meeting and, and uh, report. And normally, uh, churches I grew up in, we'd kind of have this special night we'd have, and it would be a business meeting, we'd call it, of the church. And I felt a few years ago that there, it sends the wrong message. It, it tells us that these things are not spiritual, that somehow we have to marginalize these issues into another category. And, it's, and, it, and it actually devalues the gifts of the body, the people that are stewards and, and bookkeepers and treasurers and that do this important stuff. And Jesus said that if we're not faithful with the unrighteous mammon, who will entrust to us the true riches? So if we want to heal the sick and, you know, cast out demons and see the kingdom of God come, then, uh, the, which are the true riches, Jesus said then there needs to be a faithfulness with, with the material things, with finances. And so some of today is about that, not all of it. But what I want to do, first of all, is jump back to 2017 and just do a quick synopsis for us. And some of you I've asked to share, so please be ready when I get you to come, uh, uh, just to come and grab the mic and, and share. There'll be some time for Q&A and things like that as well. But how many of you remember this, kind of near the beginning of the year? Expand the table. I mean, you were starting to see it in your dreams. Some of you, it was in your nightmares. But we talked about uh, just this invitation we felt from God to make more room, to extend hospitality, to make space for others. Uh, all with this in mind, to make more and better disciples an authentic missional community for the good of the world. But right away we knew when we, we projected this vision that there was a caveat. It was kind of like, this is going to have to be sustainable. There was a sense for a lot of us that the margins were very thin so that we would need to find a way to, to make room, but do it in a way where we're not a mile wide and an inch deep, that we want to go deeper and we want to deal with spiritual and relational health. And so through the year, I thought, man, it doesn't feel like the table is expanding. It feels like there's this big hole in the ground. And I walked by the construction project. You know, they're expanding London drugs. There's this big hole in the ground. And sometimes progress looks like that, doesn't it? And, um, but nevertheless... We, we did go deeper. We did deal with some, uh, you, you know, just dealing with sustainability, and we will continue to. But I think the table was expanded in 2017. And one of them was Montessori and Moore opened on March the 1st, which mean, meant that we had an anchor tenant in this building, which really stabilized for us our tenancy as a church because there's a, such a close partnership. They're two different organizations. But that partnership has really stabilized. And uh, I've heard unofficially off the record that the Anglicans want to keep this building. They, want to keep, they don't want to sell it. You know, some of the ones in the city have been sold. And so churches that have been renting have lost that space. 
but we've, I've had the word unofficially, it wasn't in writing, that they, they want to keep this and they're happy for us to be here and almost in a way continuing the story. Uh, so that's exciting. I think the summer of barbecue was an incredible highlight. We had some like 200 people, Gloria, that gathered and, and many people from the neighborhood and just that, the band that was playing, Dave was, fr fr you know, fr fr frying up hot dogs on the barbecue and it was amazing. We received this year a, a remarkable financial gift that the board immediately set apart as a designated gift. We didn't want it to go into the general because of the, the sheer magnitude of the gift. We felt to set it apart to tithe it like we do all of our other income. But after we tithe it, to then go to the dreamers in our church, go to the, the investors and say, if financial constraints weren't such a limitation, could you dream a little bit? And so that conversation is still going on. But it was so encouraging. And the gift was given anonymously by people who are part of our congregation who've, who've just been heart and soul here. And, and it just is, it, it, in some ways, it was just an automatic expression of who they are. And so it was an incredible uh, encouragement. The orange launch, and Matt's going to be up in a few minutes to share about that. Um, and we, did, we went to Lower Post and had a beautiful uh, re re reconnection with that community. Not that we'd been disconnected, but it was the first time physically that we'd gone for a number of years. And it was so incredible to see all of those little kids that used to be running around in the 90s that are now leaders in that community. Chiefs and deputy chiefs, or, or not chief, but the, dep you know, the, the uh, business leader in the community, youth leaders, that kind of thing. And, and very much emerging into leadership in the community. And they, they, they scolded me for, for not bringing a kids program for their kids this year. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do an intergenerational thing this year up in Lower Post. And of course, the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course. Nate or Kate, could one of you guys come up and just uh, give a quick report on that? I felt that that was just an important investment. It felt like we were going deeper into the you know, rather than broader, but I think it, it, it prepared us for the capacity to expand the table, and we couldn't have done it without Nate and Kate. They were incredible in just leading this course. Let's just give them a good hand. So appreciate you guys. So just give us a little, little update. Oh, is this one on? Thanks. I don't think we've ever been thanked so much for anything we've done before in our lives, so that's really kind of you all. Um, also, just a huge thank you to Gordy and Kathleen and Colleen and everyone who led small groups. Um, I'm forgetting somebody. Who am I forgetting? Am Karen, I forgetting? And Karen and Matt did the training. Colleen. Karen, is that, is Karen Hollis. Karen Hollis, that's yeah. right. Um, with some fabulous small group leaders. and um, We've written a little piece in the report, so I don't want to just read that um, back to you. So please just read it um, when you have a moment. But um, for those who aren't familiar with the course, the Emotionally Healthy uh, Spirituality course is a, is a discipleship program aimed at helping you deepen your relationship with God. Um, and it's built on the premise that our emotional and spiritual health are um, intricately intertwined and you can't have spiritual um, uh, maturity without emotional health. Um, and one of the really amazing things that I think happened and one of the things that I so appreciated over the course of, of running the program together was the depth of relationship that seemed to evolve among participants. And even some of the stories that we heard at the end, just um, some of the personal experiences and growth that had happened as a result was so <coughs> encouraging. Um, we're, I know I've heard a few people ask the question, where are we going with this? Is the EHR course, the Emotionally Healthy Relationship course, which is sort of the next step um, in this discipleship program, when's that going to happen? Um, I don't know that we are fully settled on a date. We've talked about the fall. We've talked about 2019. Um, but it is still being talked about. And uh, at the moment, what we've done is ordered the training uh, program for the leaders uh, to take a look at and then um, a set of the materials to just give it a review, see what it looks like, um, and then we'll be talking about uh, how we can launch that. Um, and I think that's all I want to say. We're grateful for the ways the relationships have been enriched, um, connections with each other. Thanks to everyone who led and participated, um, and we look forward to talking more about the Emotionally Healthy Relationships course when we know more. <laughs> Yes, and we, we are very seriously, it's more of a
that. So um, thinking, thinking more of fall or perhaps early winter like Sita, uh, people have told me that often that period of between January to February is really kind of lull time and it's a good time. So we may, we may do it there, but it, it, it is coming and we're going to continue to follow up on that. Another thing I wanted to say about, by the way, Lower Post and First Nations is it seemed after we went to Lower Post, something, the doors just kicked open with local First Nations in, in, in Vancouver, more than we've ever experienced in all our 26 years here. And we've been in, we're invited by Capay Elementary and Vum Ministries to be part of their families. We're having another event this Thursday night. The Reconciliation Walk in September was incredible. Our Thanksgiving cultural event where Stephanie and her family sang and danced was wonderful. We had elders come um, and, and uh, pray. So God seems to just, and I've been getting invitations at Missions Fest, at uh, Ministerial, to, to talk about First Nations and, and how can the church uh, posture ourselves with, with the legacy of, of healing and reconciliation. So God seems to really be opening doors that way. So um, uh, we also had... Um, Just an incredible Christmas Eve service. So many people from the neighborhood came, and I just so appreciate Lynn and just her vision for Christmas Eve and the way she just pulls together the music and engages people and the way that it just draws in the community so powerful for such a clear gospel message. So, so uh, the table is being expanded, even though we're still doing a, a lot of work under the table, as it were. So I want to show you this, because as we look into 2018... We came to the year, the end of 2017, and I felt like I heard the Lord say, as I was reflecting on expand the table, I was reading the story of the disciples letting down their nets. Remember when Jesus met them at the shore and they'd been fishing all night? And I felt like those disciples, I felt like we'd just been trying so many things in so many places, we just bang our heads against the wall, and it was just so hard. And and I heard Jesus almost playfully say, try again, but just, just make an adjustment. Put your net down on the other side. And, and I felt like that was a word for us. And almost as a confirmation of that word, uh, our son-in-law, Marcus, gave us this beautiful gift. Now, this is, this is the table that many of you are familiar with in our living room. This is a six-seater table. Marcus came over with a new tabletop. And it now seats 10. Isn't that amazing? Look at that. So it was almost like a sign at the end of the, end of the year to, that, that God's heart is for us to, to continue to expand the table. Um, and of course, it's a, great, it's a great opportunity to show off my grandchildren. There's the Hannah, there's Keith Pham, and Annalise, my daughter. There's our homestay Kathleen's over there. Just, just show them, just say, there you go. So there's lots of room for you too to come over now. Um, and so we felt that adjustment was to be lovingly present, to continue to work on emotionally healthy spirituality, begin to move towards this course in emotionally healthy relationships, build on what's already happened, to work on, on ourselves, to, to, to work on sustainability. And uh, the adjustment that God is calling for us is, Counterculture, because the, the culture keeps going faster and faster and faster. Churches tend to get into the same rut. More programs, more and more and more. We've got we to grow. We've got to see the kingdom coming. It's like, ah. And, and, and it's like God says, no, step back. Step back and wait. And find sustainability in my presence. And be with me and be with each other. So that you have an overflow to give to the world. And as I was thinking about this being present to God, ourselves, and others... This came to mind. Do you recognize this symbol? This is the Turquetra, which is the Celtic symbol of the Trinity. And I love the movements that per are portrayed in this. This is, this is like the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And, and they're one, but they're three, and they're three, and they're, they're one. And so it speaks of togetherness, because we, we can't do this journey alone. We need each other. But it also speaks of the fact that each journey is unique and honoring and respecting each person's journey. It also speaks of paraphoresis. It's a fancy theological term for being literally in one another, interdependent.
Um, and it speaks of three relational movements, up towards God, in towards relationship and, and spirit, spiritual and emotional health, and out in, in serving in relation, and, and in outreach and mission. And, and so in, in this, we're looking for rhythms of rest. I, I was really struck by the example of the hockey, hockey, the sport of hockey last week. How, how some of you probably heard me share this, how that Ken Dryden, doing a study of the games, the hockey was a very slow game up until the 50s or 60s. It was almost boring. And then they invented line shifts where it's on the fly. So what, if you watch a hockey game, you watch those teams, they're sliding down the bench and they're just organized. And, and they're watching a player will slap his stick and they'll jump on the ice. And that 45 minute or 45 second shift they just go all out, and then they're just, they're, they're winded. They have to get off. And then they jump off at another, and it's, and it's this kind of rhythm that I feel like God is calling us to, where we just shift each other on. And so it's in that mind that we, we want to, uh, uh, as, a, as a local church, uh, work hard this year at a sustainability in our in the way we are changed, that's countercultural. So we have a survey that we're going to be presenting to you. I'm just going to ask Joanna, is Joanna here? Okay, Wade's just going to get her. It's a bit like that today. Some of our people that are sharing are coming up from, down, from, up, from downstairs. So, um, so maybe while we're waiting for Joanna, as we look into the coming year, we're going to continue to develop with the orange curriculum, just being creatively intergenerational and come on up Matt you're here so you get to share first <laughs> we're, we're kind of we're kind of playing spinning plates here but you'll be <laughs> you're here so you share so one of the highlights this year has been these guys let's give them a good hand I mean they are amazing <laughs> and of course I'm just one of a pile uh, of people and this has been format of our classroom time together, and we've gone from, uh, sorry, I rarely speak with a mic and it just distracts me to no end. I'll put it in here and I'll just try and speak loudly and not stare at it. So um, we, we've, what we, in the past, there'd be one teacher who was in with, the, with their class for the entire time. And so, uh, and you know, you'd prepare on your own and then you'd teach on your own and that kind of thing. So the way we've, we've modified things now is that we have each of the, the age groups, we're calling a small group, and then, uh, and then we have, we'd bring all of the kids together for a large group time and then back to a small group. And so the general idea is that the, the small group time at the beginning is a chance for us to uh, kind of connect with the, with the kids, build a little bit of connection, rapport, introduce what we're talking about that day, and have a snack. And then, one of the, and then um, the, the younger kids come into the, the, the big room down there, and we all are there for large group. And that's when we do our story and memory verse and singing. And, then, uh, and so our story just relates to the theme of the day. And then we go back to our small groups, and that's where we do an activity or some discussion uh, with, uh, with the kids about what the story was about. And what has been, uh, what I've really liked about that, and I think uh, has been, everyone's liked about that, is the fact that we're, we're more together on it. So we're, we're, once a month, we're, all of us are getting together on a Thursday evening to kind of talk about the coming up month and just, you know, logistics and kind of priorities and just support each other. And then uh, being in the class, on your own for part of it, but then together with others, it, uh, it gives a nice ebb and flow to the time. And so we've been fairly consistent with that since I don't know about November or so. And um, on, on most weeks, it's, I think the rhythm has really helped because we're, we've been, you know, some, you know, there's still days that are challenging, but a lot of the days now, in fact, over the last month, it's just, the trend has just been wonderful, is that we're moving away from trying to just manage what's happening in the classroom and 
that's just given the, the kids a chance to really open up, open up to receive what's being offered, but also uh, you know, they're just so um, ready to share what they're thinking and what's going on with them. And so that's, that really kind of fits, fits a goal of wanting to uh, facilitate connection between the kids and between them and God and with us. And so, yeah, but there's, there's always lots of room to, to help out. And I guess we're going to be uh, starting up, like the, the, uh, the potential ideas for the intermediates and or the preteens or teens, or I'm not sure about all the categorization. <laughs> you know the kids that are just a little bit older than the, the other ones. Uh, for, for them to start having their own small group and then join us for the large group. And so then the small group time would just be, it'd be more geared for, to them. And, and the, the curriculum that we're using now, which is the company's called Orange. The stream of it is called 252 Kids, but you know, it's all uh, just having, having the older kids have their own, their own small group time before and after large group. So that's kind of the logistics of what's been happening. And, uh, and but the, the the kids themselves and the teachers, I think we've because we're we're more supportive of each other through the through the time and through the month, is that that's translating into a more more peace and confidence with us and more peace uh, in the classroom in general. So the times that you hear you know noises wafting up, it's uh, you know it, it it's definitely moving away from from being the the, the main the main thing that uh, is going on all the time. Yeah, so. Thanks, Matt. That's awesome. This has been so encouraging to see just the synergy between as they've moved the age groups together uh, so that no one person is on their own. Uh, as Matt said, I think it's been so important. And, and that's our heart for every area of ministry, that nobody's alone. That, that they do it as a, uh, as a body, as a team. And, and that, that's our vision. And uh, the Orange is really, I think, helping with our Intergenerational Sunday as well. And we're really valuing um, the, the experience of learning together. It is not a kid's church. It's an intergenerational service. And we're really working on that. We're, you know, we've had to work out some bugs and tweak it. And so that's part of what this survey is about as well as just healthy rhythms. We're concerned about people that are maybe just overextended. Sometimes if you have an overfunctioning part of the body, you get an underfunctioning part of the body, right? That, that happened with my eye. You've heard that illustration many times. So Joanna, come on up. Just appreciate her heart and passion for this along with Kirsten. They've really worked hard on this survey. So just go for it. One of the things through Lent was the, the theme that, that Gordy introduced to us was trying to be present to listen to ourselves, to God, and to other people. And um, one of the things that came up was that uh, sometimes it's hard to get a chance to, to visit with other people if you're often scheduled or that people are often extended in a lot of different places. And I think one of the things that has stood out for me this past season was when Gordy was really humble in sharing about um, not always having modeled that well. He was really humble and just said, often I take too many things on. And it's something that um, those of you who know my uh, history in the last few years, um, I suffered a pretty bad burnout just trying to do that, trying to take too many things on. And we know that there's been other key leaders in our community that have also had to step back. And we don't want to have the distinction of just being a church that helps people recover from burnout really well, um, <laughs> which is not really great. And so part of the whole um, season that's come in I think from emotional healthy spirituality, what's come out in the Exodus through Gordy's sermons, what's come out through Lent has been um, wanting to actually try to listen to each other and want to try and 
have a sense of what's going on because I think if you're like our family, we joined this community because we wanted to be part of this community and we all wanna do whatever we can to help our community keep going. But sometimes it's a good thing to stop and check in and say, are we actually, like, is the way that we're going a good way for us to be going? Like, do, is this still working for everybody? And so um, I really want to encourage everyone that considers themselves to be a, a, a member of this community to take time to fill out the survey. Um, we're going to be asking you questions about how you serve, whether or not you like what you're doing, whether or not you're getting life from what you're doing, um, if you got to pick what you would do, what would you stop? And then also, um, we want you to have the freedom to talk about what you like best, about coming and being part of the community. Now, one thing I know from having been in leadership in Christian circles for a long time is that it's really important for you to understand that um, we are taking this survey and we as leaders are going to listen to what everybody's saying in the survey. But it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you wrote something down on the survey that that is the thing that's going to happen. Because that can be painful if you say, you asked me for my opinion and I told you my opinion. And then the thing that I asked for didn't happen. What we're going to try and do is take everything that everybody shares and come together again as leaders. And then also, we need some time for follow-up one-on-one. We're going to try and work out whether that's going to be best for point people or oversight team members to try and talk with different people in the community to find out what's working and what's not working. And, you know, the thing about taking on a series called The Emotionally Healthy Spirituality is that it makes you want to be more emotionally healthy. And sometimes that means we have to change stuff. And so... That can be really hard work, and sometimes that can be really painful, but also it can be really freeing. And so our hope is that it's something that becomes freeing, that allows people to be able to come and receive more, to be able to come and participate more, and to be able to um, see what, what would work well for you personally and for us corporately. So, yeah, it's it's. We're trying to listen to what's good to us and to the Holy Spirit, and, and that's our heart behind it. And we'll ask you to try and participate in that, and we're going to get the wheels on that soon. And so that's the purpose behind that. They're going to be part of that, too. Yes, and we're going to try and ask the kids for help, too. Awesome. Thanks. What a great job. Thanks, Thanks. Joanna. So important. And, 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 our hopes are that we can have this conversation going through the next few months so that by the fall trimester, by the time we, we set up the, how we're going to do church in the fall, that part of letting the nets down on the other side will be in place, that we'll know kind of what that means for us as a church. And that, that noise you're hearing is a blender. The, the intermediates are baking downstairs. And it's smelling pretty good. There's some pretty good smells wafting up from down there too. It's awesome. So in our uh, coming year then, with, keep that survey in mind. It's to do with health and rhythms. We, uh, as I said, you don't need to have, I, I think we made this clear, but just if you didn't, if you haven't taken emotionally healthy spirituality, you can go into emotionally healthy relationships. It's good to do both, but it, there's no kind of sequence there necessarily. And so we, we, this movement of uh, up, in and out, moving in, getting closer to one another, moving out of our independence, finding ways to do that. There was a lot of wonderful life-giving small groups this year that disbanded for emotionally healthy spirituality. Um, and, and some have, have continued, others have, are starting to regather. But looking for the Holy Spirit's leading and what that looks like, and we're going back to camp. Woohoo! Am I the only one excited? So Camp Sunrise um, is, is, is happening this year, and some of that is part of the, is thanks to that special gift that we got. Uh, it, camp has become very expensive, so we were able to make it kind of back within the price range that we've had it in the past, because costs have gone up so much. Um, so uh, it, an intergenerational visit to Lower Post, uh, we want to do a cross-cultural exchange. I had a brainstorming with our intermediates a few weeks ago, and I was blown away by the ideas they had, Francis, about how to go up and learn uh, and receive gifts from Lower Post, learn about, you know, just some of the cultural um, crafts and the 
berry picking and going on the land. And I was just blown away by their hunger and their, their thirst. So maybe you can be a part of that this year, Frances. Um, she's always such a blessing to us. And uh, for those that don't know it, Frances was our first contact with the community of Lower Post. And so we want to go up and just uh, have an intergenerational exchange and, and connection with the kids up there. And then continue collaborative neighborhood events. We're going to do another barbecue, right, Gloria? In, in July, uh, work together with Let's Grow t t Together. Perhaps Montessori, that's not confirmed yet. But again, it's just an amazing way to connect with the neighborhood. And uh, we want to renovate the downstairs to be hospitable, kid-friendly, and a source of rental in, uh, revenue. And we're at a bit of an impasse right now because we need to land a, a long-term lease. We, we do have some of these allocated funds to do some of the renovations that was requested by some of our investors. And we don't want to make too much of an investment until we know we're going to be here for a while. So please pray for that. Pray that the diocese is dealing with a lot of issues right now. And they like what we're doing, and if it, we're not a squeaky wheel. And because of that, we don't get any grease right now. And uh, so maybe we need to find something squeaky. I don't know. Uh, I'll try to be more squeaky. Uh, but pray for that, because that's an important thing. Uh, uh, as we talk about our budget in a minute, we, you're going to find out we need, we need to raise a little bit of extra revenue per month to cover the caretaking and the groundskeeping. Uh, some of the maintenance issues in the building that were passed off to us this year. It was kind of uh, in the form of a rental increase. We didn't have a rental increase, but we now are responsible for building, for uh, janitorial, and for groundskeeping. And so be, be praying about that, and we're hoping that uh, there is a real demand for space if we can just fix it up a bit and, and uh, lease it out so, um, or rent it out. So be praying about that, and also get our, ki our kitchen done up. Gloria got a proposal a couple years ago that's just waiting. It's ready to go, um, but it's just, we just don't want to make that investment until, and it's just to get a dishwasher in there so we can do meals here. Right now, you'll know we have to pre-prepare our meals. When we come, we can do food safe that way, but we can't actually cook meals here. So we want that. So Gordy wants to do breakfast again. I mean, man, the kingdom would come if he started doing breakfast again. All right, so um, in our church uh, leadership structure, Jesus is our leader, amen? And we believe that he speaks, that's why we're doing this survey, we believe he can speak through anybody, we want to hear from God through you, we believe in it being a community of prayer, of dependency on God, we believe that God uh, uh, commissions leaders that are honored and recognized by the body, uh, they, they, they emerge and it's just obvious, they we're not leaders who serve, we're servants who lead. We're servants who serve by leading, all right? And then we have a stewardship team uh, that is kind of handles some of the administrative financial parts of the church, building, uh, budget, things like that. And, and, that, and both uh, groups compose our board. And of course, we have pastoral staff, which is myself and Janice as a pastoral assistant right now. Uh, Colleen is also on uh, staff as a bookkeeper part-time. We have our leadership community, those who lead, like, like Nate and Kate, have been leading the Emotionally Healthy course, the small groups, kids leaders, and then we're accountable outside to Vineyard Canada, and of course I'm accountable to the body of Christ here in Vancouver. I'm part of ministerials and have a collegiality that way. So our current oversight and stewardship team members the, and their terms that, that are on the board are renewable. Uh, Kathleen and I are on, uh, pastors, not on the board. Stephen and Karen are on oversight team and the board. Their term is to 2020. Dan and Kirsten on oversight in the board till 2021. Wade and Joanna Pallister on oversight team. Sarah Frino, stewardship. Huh? No, no. If you're on over, if you're not on the board, it's eternal. Yeah. No, you're lifetime members. Sarah Frino, who's retiring today, or as of now, uh, her term is up, and she has been amazing. And just so grateful for, for Sarah and just the rock, the pillar that she's been, and, and the, the wisdom and the heart that she 
she lives out what I talked about earlier. There's no distinction spiritually between finances and, and, the, and the prayers or whatever. It's, it's, it's all integrated. And you, you live that out, Sarah, so beautifully. And it's really been a, a blessing and encouragement to me. I've told our board several times that uh, this has been the most peaceful season for me uh, from the financial administrative side. And Sarah's been just a huge part of that. Mark and Lynn are on our stewardship team and on our board. Their term is till 2019. And Colleen is on our stewardship team and as also as our bookkeeper. So um, should I, I think what I'll do is I'll have Mark and Lynn, if you could come up and just give a stewardship team report. And then uh, I think together with Colleen and Sarah, we'll maybe show the graphs and do the finances. And, so come on up. Mark and Lynn, let's give them a good hand. Stewardship and a whole lot of other things, too. Together. We'll talk together. Um, right, so... Not talk. I will. In unison. Okay, you ready? One, two, three. Okay. So uh, one of the main functions that uh, the stewardship that the stewardship team has is uh, creating the yearly budget and ensuring that we closely monitor the incoming tithes and outgoing expenses. Uh, in late 2016, we'd committed as a church to corporately tithe, and we've been continuing in that, pra in that practice. Uh, we continue to see the blessings from that practice uh, by being able to pay all of our bills on time. Uh, last year, one of our goals was to provide quarterly statements to the point people to give them insight into their spending. And Colleen has uh, consistently done this for the various teams. So thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, in 2017, we were uh, blessed to receive a large gift of $100,000. Uh, this gift was so amazing and generous, and we've spent a long time, along with the whole leadership team, uh, to seek God's guidance on how to use this money. We've we've spent a long time to to do this because uh, you know it's it's very easy to move quickly and then regret what you do right so uh, if you want to keep going sure but um just to add I just wanted to add to that um we all volunteer and we all have kids and we all have families and then in between people get sick and you know Mark had tendonitis and Amy had pneumonia and meetings were squashed in between lives and so um, uh, we we um. Uh, we're probably slow making all of these decisions because we we hope to meet once a month and we try to meet twice a month, sometimes if we need to, but it isn't always feasible and possible. And in the background, we've got Colleen faithfully uh, sending me emails once a week of, of all of our uh, financials, and um, I read them, and I don't always comment on them because I have no time, but, you know, they're there. And I just feel like um, uh, I'm personally being so blessed by uh, Sarah and Colleen's diligence and work because I couldn't do it. I'm kind of the go-getter and if something needs to be bought or done, I'll finance it and look for prices and go and do some running around on my days off. But in terms of actually sitting down and um, making like all the finances like look pretty on paper, like that's just out of my league. So I'm very grateful to the pair of them. Um, where were we? Yes, I just wanted to say that we've tried to be guided uh, by chapter uh, 25 of Matthew which is the, really the whole chapter is different uh, parables about uh, the use and sustain, sustaining of money. So there's the parable of the talents, there's the, um, the woman who worked in the temple with the coins, and there's one more and it's escaped me. So which one? The sheep and the goats, yes. Uh, but just uh, really the overall running theme through that chapter is to be wise stewards of the finances that are there. Uh, Right, bad news. Bad news. So, the bad news is, is we're uh, we're losing a, a valuable member of our team, uh, and uh, yeah, I think Lynn is is probably. Well, I mean, the thing is, that the team doesn't have to have a huge number of people. But if you think about it, Mark and I are one person essentially. Yeah. Like we really often don't, we try and host the meetings in our house, but then I'm putting the kids to bed, or Mark's putting the kids to bed. So we kind of, if you think of it as us as one person, that's kind of where our that's brain is at. To, to Maybe when our kids are older, yeah. we will sort of start being two people again, but we're one person right now. And um, yeah, and then there's Colleen, and now we're losing Sarah. So right, really so. One person, and Colleen. 
So to date, uh, we, we haven't been successful in finding a replacement for uh, Sarah. And now that she's stepping down uh, as the treasurer and from the stewardship team, uh, the need is uh, greater than ever. Uh, so we continue to pray for more people to serve in this capacity. But if you feel led to, uh, to join our team, uh, if, you, you know, uh, if you have any sort of an inkling or, or you just have an interest or, or, or a pull, uh, then come talk to us. We'd love to have a chat with you. And uh, yeah, so uh, I'm sure it'll work out, but uh, you know, there you go. So, uh, so the biggest challenge of the past year uh, has been being a small team, uh, which means that we were all stretched pretty thin. I think we probably hit that hammer, hit the nail a few too many times. So, yeah. And our plans for 2018 is to continue to be diligent stewards by corporately tithing, putting money into savings, and prayerfully managing the items within our care, uh, and to continue to provide quarterly reports to team point people to assist with adhering uh, to budgeted amounts. Sounds boring, but it's really important. Uh, it, one, of the mo one of the reasons why I felt led to join the stewardship team was because I could see how stressed out that Gordy was getting uh, a few years ago. And, and there was some, I mean, it was, uh, there, there was some very easy, concrete steps that we, that, we, that we did at that time that made things turn out to be a little bit easier and, and what have you. But uh, you don't have to be a genius to be able to do this. It, I mean, look at us. We're just up here <laughs> babbling away like idiots. So there you go. There you go. Anyway, that's us. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And, and not to mention the many other things they do. Uh, Mark, I would not have this beautiful graph if it hadn't been for Mark this morning. We're, it kind of took me 911 home. I think we left about 10.15 and got back here 10.31. Don't ask us how fast we drove. No, you were, you were, you were within. So this is, uh, I'm just going to invite Colleen and Sarah to come up. And again, uh, let's give them a good hand just for their amazing work. What, what's better? Should I take them through these graphs and then you share, or what works better for you? Yeah? So basically, this, this shows our month-by-month -month giving. If you see that color, that's designated. That green line was our monthly goal. So you see, we often fell just a little bit short, but sometimes we were way over. So the average wasn't that far off. So when you see that in our bulletin as our monthly goal, that's what that's about. Our giving totals for 2017 were as, as such. So our general, what is a meeting like this without a pie chart, right? So VRC is Vineyard Canada. So 5% of our tithe goes to Vineyard Canada and another 5% to missions. 9% uh, went to administration. That's the bookkeeping. That's just insurances and things like that. The building was 18%. You're going to see that go up with our budget this year because of the reasons we've already mentioned. And then people, that's staff, that's kids programs, that's uh, uh, benevolence, things like that. It's all kind of in there. Uh, our budget for this year, and this is all on the report that you got. So these are the numbers kind of made in a picture for you. Again, the same as we had. Vin admin actually goes down a bit, which is great. But the building has gone up, all right? So that breakdown has happened there. So our general budget goals are annually 132000 Monthly, you'll see that on your budget sheet. So there's a deficit we need to make up based on just realistic. So we can pray that in. We can ask God for more givers. But we're also trying. We're not being passive about it. We want to find ways to, to raise revenue. So we're going to do that. So come on, you guys. Go for it. I think Gordy covered it pretty good, actually. <laughs> um, uh, I was just going to take a look at our income statement there. As Gordy said, our general revenue was uh, 123,000 this year. We'd hoped for 132. So at the end of the year, we did end up with um, about 4,000 more in expenses than we got in income weren't too concerned because we had a surplus of $10,000 last year. So we still had money in the bank. Um, and again, the balance sheet, uh, we moved the, the $100,000 gift to the balance sheet and put some of it into funds. 
So now we have a missions fund, an emergency fund, a camp fund, a benevolence fund, a kids church fund, and a building fund. It, plus we still have a lump sum of $60,000 that we haven't allocated yet that we're still making plans for. So our budget this year, um, as Gordy said, we, we're looking at a deficit budget. We didn't want to raise the amount of expected income because we haven't been able to do that in the past, so we just left it where it was. And uh, we're looking right now at about uh, $7,000 more in expenses than income. Hopefully we don't have to use any of our balance sheet money for that and it will come in in some other way this year. Anything you want to add? Um, no, nothing to add, but does anyone have questions if you've looked at the details online? Yes. Well, that's the $7,000 we're going to be short this year. We're hoping that if we can make some of these renovations, we can rent out uh, spaces and make that extra income that way. Or it could come some other way. God's got many ways for it to happen. Yes, we've had inquiries. Yeah. We, had a, we had an inquiry of a movie company that would have actually, for, for three days, would have covered the deficit. It didn't quite work, work out because uh, we weren't set up to, to have a rental policy, and by the time we, we, we were ready, they came and took shots of the building and used another church. But those opportunities are there. Wade has contacts uh, that he's been sending our way. So there are, AA often pays good money to rent space. So, and they have here before. So it's just a matter of organizing it. Um, but yeah, it's very, very within range. It's not an unrealistic goal. Yeah, so there are nibbles. There are nibbles, definitely, yeah. So, yeah, so for, the, for the podcast, Rick's question was, how do we plan to make up the deficit of the 7,000? Yeah, Kathleen's comment for the podcast is that there's, there's just been other, there's been choir, community choirs and other events that have used it in the past, other organizations. So it's a known building in the community. We do get requests. We do get calls. But we want to have a, a lease and a rental policy agreed to by the diocese. So that was that kind of stuck place we're at, I mentioned a bit earlier, just to be praying into that. Gordy? The only, the, only, uh, the only other income in this building is the Montessori. Yeah. So as far as the, the diocese, they're happy. The di it's not a matter of us trying to, it's us trying to pay for the janitorial. The brownies still use the building. That's just kind of an off, off it, it's an unofficial agreement that it, that's always free. <clears throat> Dave? We have a janitorial staff. Uh, sorry, it's a company. It's a contract. They come in on Friday night or Saturday. And it's a one-year contract. Well, we had Aldona doing it before. And the rate's pretty competitive. Pretty, yeah. yeah, I don't think so. I think, I think it's, you know, you want to be fair uh, to, to the person who's working. So uh, I, I think it's a pretty competitive rate. Yeah. Okay. Yes, Will, is, that's part of the extra expense this year. Uh, and Will's doing his best to save us money. Uh, but he's our groundskeeper. That was also contracted out by the diocese last year. Uh, so Will will be doing, you know, lawn mowing and trimming, and so um, <clears throat> some of that Montessori will pay for that 
affects them directly, but most of it is the church's responsibility. D. Dean? Legal? Um, there is, uh, we are budgeting, do you want to answer that or should I? Colleen can answer it. Um, we're expecting to uh, have a lawyer look at our rental policy and contracts when we get that all ready to go. Um, last year we had them do uh, job contracts and yeah, that's what we're preparing for. Mark, Merrick? It was a donation of a piano? It, it just needs a repair. And the diocese, uh, I think they have somebody that can do it, but we, it, what happens is, is if you get on the, organ and you play it and you don't leave the pedals in the right position, the bellows stay open and mice get in and chew holes in the bellows. So we're going to have to find a way to fix it and then keep it kind of so that only the right people are on the organ. Uh, but yeah, we can, we can use it. It's definitely available for it. And just for the record, it could have been an adult. Because <laughs> I know that I didn't know that either. I didn't know about the, the pedals until I was informed by the diocese. So, Merrick. Thank you. Can you send a note to the stewardship team about that, Merrick? Just kind of a, what, what it is and um, just, yeah, just send it to them and yeah, and we can figure, figure something out. So we, we got started a little bit late and we're, we're almost ready to go over. Is, were there any other questions? Of course you can keep asking questions ongoing. These guys are, are, are able to answer, you know, um, sometimes something Will come up later that you didn't think of. Gordon? Well, uh, certainly open. I mean, the, in some ways, the neighborhood party, uh, the question for the mic was is the idea of going back to party in the park. And I think all options are open. Especially if the kitchen is fixed and you know we're closer, but uh, I think you know this neighborhood block party is amazing. It's a good start, and maybe something could spring from that. You know. So uh, I'm just going to invite Kirsten to come up. I'm sorry, did you have anything else to say? I'm going to invite Kirsten to come up. You guys can you can stay up. Yeah. We just want to express our appreciation and thanks to Sarah. So you go ahead and say whatever you want there, Kirsten. <laughs> Sorry. Come on up, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I grew up with uh, parents who were pastors. And watching the drama they went through uh, regularly as part of the leadership made me not want to be part of a leadership team. But relationships on our, our leadership team have been so rich over the years, and it's been such a privilege to be with you, Sarah, and to get to know you, too. 
it's been definitely a highlight. And you know, those times when you have a meeting at night and you just don't want to go to a meeting, <laughs> that's when I would think, oh, I get to spend some time with Sarah or Lynn or whoever <laughs> it is. But um, it's been really wonderful. And um, we've also been just so grateful for all the gifts you've brought to our team. And so I'm, I'm also glad that, you know, this isn't a goodbye, because <laughs> yeah. that would be terrible. But um, we have a small gift for you. Uh, yeah. And unfortunately, I forgot to get water in the bottom. I'm sorry. Uh, and then some treats in there for you to relax with. Yeah. So much love from us. So I just want to say thanks to everybody. Thank you for letting me um, serve you guys in this way. Um, I, I don't know, I don't have a ton to say, but it was really, um, it's a really great experience being on the stewardship team with Mark and Lynn and Colleen and Dean at one point. Um, and then also the oversight team and the meetings, yeah, there were times you didn't want to haul out to a meeting at night, but um, the people there did really make the difference. And these guys work so hard. Like, it gave me an appreciation. Like, we don't always know how hard the leadership and, and stewardship teams are working. Um, and I'm not saying I was working really hard. But, but, um, but, but it gave me an appreciation, right? Because you see things happening on Sunday or during the week, and you don't realize how much work goes in behind the scenes and how much time people are spending. And that includes, of course, Gordy and Kathleen and... Uh, Wade and Joe and Karen and Stephen and and, and Kirsten. I was like, yeah. who's the other one? <laughs> um, and so I just want to say thank you to all of them for being my support and to all of you guys as well in the congregation. So thank you for letting me serve. Yeah. Lovely. So we'd like to pray a prayer of blessing over you, if that's okay. Yeah, Some of the others want to come and join us yeah. for this. And this will kind of be our, our closing prayer tonight. And anybody that wants to join in this, let's just bless Sarah. How are you? <laughs> Father, um, I'm so grateful that above all, you are a God of relationships. That that's what you're all about. You're about um, us learning to love each other in really tangible, meaningful ways lifting each other up, cheering each other on. And Father, thank you that Sarah has um, done that for our body here, both like just for the corporate body, she's, she's helped to strengthen us, um, but also individually, she's um, become a good friend and a special part of our lives. And so we bless her today to uh, keep going in relationship, but also into whatever it is you have next for her. We pray for a season of rest and of blessing and of joy that, um, yeah, you would just shower down on her um, goodness and make her path straight, Lord. My sense, Sarah, is to... Um, Ask that not only God, not only that God would open your eyes to the good gifts that God's giving you, but that uh, that you would be able to appreciate your value and and that you're worthy of those gifts. Um, that if there's something that comes to you in your life and you find yourself asking, I wonder if that's God. I wonder if that could be God doing something wonder if that could be God loving me or blessing me. I just felt like this, my sense in, in, in the spirit was to just be a voice outside your head to encourage you. You are so loved. You are so appreciated. You are so valued. And as you enter this season where you rest from this, that you would be able to know that we bless you to go we release you, and we're so grateful, but that we want so much for you to have every good thing that God has for you, and that you'd be able to receive that like a, 
like a little girl uh, with open hands. And um, in the way that a little kid, if somebody says, close your hands and open, or close your eyes and open your hands, they don't do it like they're going to get hit. They do it like it's going to be a really good thing. So my prayer is if that's something that needs to be restored in you, um, that that would be restored and that you would be able to